section 46 of the golden gems of life this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org recording by linda marie nielsen vancouver bc the golden gems of life by emery adams allen and s c ferguson section forty six vanity here is no vice or folly that requires so much nicety and skill to manage as vanity nor any which by ill management makes so contemptible a figure the desire of being thought wise is often a hindrance to being so for such a one is often more desirous of letting the world see what knowledge he hath than to learn of others that which he wants men are more apt to be vain on account of those qualities which they fondly believe they have than of those which they really possess some would be thought to do great things who are but tools or instruments like the fool who fancy he played upon the organ when he only blew the bellows be not so greedy of popular applause as to forget that the same breath which blows up a fire may blow it out again vanity like laudanum and other poisonous medicines is beneficial in small though injurious in large quantities be not vain of your want of vanity when you hear the phrase i may say without vanity you may be sure some characteristic vanity will follow in the same breath the most worthless things are sometimes most esteemed it is not all the world that can pull a humble man down because god will exalt him nor is it all the world that can keep a proud man up because god will debase him vanity feeds vociferously and abundantly on the richest food that can be served up or can live on less and meaner diet than anything of which we can form a conception the rich and the poor learned and ignorant strong and weak all have a share in vanity the humblest christian is not free from it and when he is most humble the devil will flatter his vanity by telling him of it on the other hand it is with equal relish that it feeds upon vulgarity coarseness and fulsome eccentricity everything in short by which a person can attract attention it often takes liberally by the hand prompts advice and ministers reproof and sometimes perches visibly and gaily on the prayers and sermons in the pulpit it is an ever-present principle of human nature a when on the heart of man less painful but equally loathsome as cancer it is of all others the most baseless propensity o vanity how little is thy force acknowledged or thine operations discerned how wantonly dost thou deceive mankind under different disguises 
sometimes thou dost wear the face of pity sometimes of generosity nay thou hast the assurance to put on the robes of religion and the glorious ornaments that belong only to heroic virtue vanity is the fruit of ignorance it thrives most in those places never reached by the air of heaven or the light of the sun it is a deceitful sweetness a fruitless labor a perpetual fear a dangerous honor her beginning is without providence but her end not without repentance vanity is so constantly solicitous of self that even when its own claims are not interested it indirectly seeks the ailment which it loves by showing how little is deserved by others charms which like flowers lie on the surface such as preserve figure and dress conduce to vanity on the contrary these excellencies which lie down like gold and are discovered with difficulty such as profoundness of intellect and morality leave their processors modest and humble vanity ceases to be blameless even if it is not ennobled when it is directed to laudable objects when it prompts us to great and generous actions vanity is indeed the poison of agreeableness yet even a poison when skilfully employed has a solitary effect in medicine so has vanity in the commerce and society of the world some intermixture of vainglorious tempers puts life into business and makes a fit composition for grand enterprises and hazardous endeavors for men of solid and sober natures have more of the ballast than the sail vanity is in one sense the antidote to conceit for while the former makes us all nerve to the opinions of others the latter is perfectly satisfied with its opinion of itself a vain man cannot be altogether rude desirous as he is of pleasing he fashions his manners after those of others therefore let us give vanity fair quarter wherever we meet with it being persuaded that it is often productive of good to its possessor and to others who are within its sphere of action vanity pervades the whole human family to a greater or less degree as the atmosphere does the globe it is so anchored in the heart of man that not only in the lower walks of life but in the higher all wish to have their admirers those who write against it wish to have the glory of writing well and those who read it wish the glory of reading well vanity calculates but poorly on the vanity of others what a virtue we should distill from frailty what a world of pain we would save our brethren if we would suffer our weakness to the measure of theirs we would rather contend with pride than vanity because pride has a stand-up way of fighting you know where it is it throws its black shadow on you and you are not at a loss where to strike 
but vanity is such a delusive and multiplied failing that men who fight vanities are like men who fight midgets and butterflies it is much easier to chase them than to hit them vanity may be likened to the mouse nibbling about in the expectation of a crumb while pride is apt to be like the butcher's dog who carries off your steak and growls at you as he goes pride is never more offensive than when it condescends to be civil whereas vanity whenever it forgets itself naturally assumes good humor extinguish vanity in the mind and you naturally retrench the little superfluities of garniture and equipage the flowers will fall of themselves when the root that nourishes them is destroyed we have nothing of which we should be vain but much to induce humility if we have any good qualities they are the gift of god let everyone guard against this all-pervading principle and teach their children that it is the shadow of a shade End of section 46. Recording by Linda Marie Nielsen, Vancouver, B.C.